Repetition, I love it. Grayson says my name too twice. It's like we say good morning, like maybe six, seven times before we even start. And I, I just, I love it. But you know, it drills, it drills certain phrases and certain lines into your mind, and you begin to remember those. Um, but anyways, so my name is Bobby Wynn. He didn't say my last name. It's okay. Uh, but we're gonna be in the Psalms 103 today. If you guys will flip me to Psalms 103. But before we start, I want to share a quick story with you guys. Um, so I was preparing a sermon. I was trying to think of a uh, just just a cool story to share and to tie in with scripture and see what I could do with it. And uh, I'm gonna take it back to about five, six years ago when we were at Drayton Mills, and we just started as a church plant with about I want to say probably 15 people, maybe less than that, 12, 12 or 11. Uh, and I, I came upon this story. I remember this story because it was our first time doing door-to-door evangelism. Now I know a lot of people probably. Are, are pretty uncomfortable with uh, knocking on doors and, you know, being like, hey, we want you to come to church. We love you. <laughs> Jesus loves you, you know. Um, but it was our first event for uh, Impact Drayton. That's who we were called originally with the church plant. And uh, we decided to go out to the Drayton Mills community uh, with everyone. And it was, it was such a good time because they told me that, hey, there's going to be a big feast for you. Prepare at the end. Just come do it. So I was excited for that. When I heard food, I was like, I'm there for it. No, I'm just kidding. But... <laughs> I have like a hierarchy of food. I don't know if you guys know that. But like like wings are like my number one. <laughs> That's why everybody always cracks on me on that. But <laughs> but as we were going out and um, um, we were getting to know the people in the community, I loved it because uh, more, more, uh, more than that, we were building relationships with the people there and m- we were sharing hope with them, uh, hope and truth. You know, through, and that's through Jesus Christ. It wasn't by us, and it wasn't by any of us in that group, but instead it was just us submitting and, and being vessels for God in order for us to uh, share his word. And so I was completely nervous, obviously. It was my first time, and, and I was so scared. And um, I'll never forget, I came across this one old lady. She was probably in her 90s. Um, you know, she basically told me she was, she was ready to go. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, okay, all right, that, that, that's great. <laughs> You're going to be with the Lord soon. Um, but I got to pray with her that day, and, and I've, I've never really prayed with someone before like that. And it was, it was so genuine, it was so intentional that it made me just love her so much and, and almost, you know, love her through the lenses of Jesus. And, and I love that because we can praise God for that, am I right? Like, she's probably, it, you know, with the Lord now, she's probably away from the brokenness and, and all the lies and the wickedness that's uh, uh, on this earth and in this world and... and one thing I want to leave with you guys before, you know, or as you guys are going out the door is, you know, we can praise God for all that he's done, right? We can praise God for all that he's done because he was already working through that church plant. And, and even though we weren't even, you know, we didn't even have a building at the time. We were actually having service in a coffee shop called Bella Latte. But God was still providing. God was still working. And, and we could praise God for that because we were still gathering as a body of people and still praising God for what he's done and what he was going to do. Uh, so in Psalms 103, we see David begin to bless the Lord. And, and I love that song that we did, Bless the Lord on My Soul, because it literally starts off with that. So in Psalms 103, I'm going to go ahead and go through it. So it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your inequity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, 
who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always, I might butcher this, chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our inequities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, he flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it and it is gone, and his place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So now, to understand this, where David's at in this time, right? David wrote this psalm, so... David is in a much more seasoned and more wiser state, right? Like he, he's, he's I'm, I'm, I'm not too certain on this, but I think he's still in the case. He may not be in the case, I'm not too sure. But he is a much more uh, seasoned person, more mature person. Spiritually, he's more mature too, right? Like he's grown in age, but he's also grown in maturity uh, in his faith. And if you remember the story of uh, young David, he actually came from uh, a shepherding job. So a shepherding job during this time was one of the lowliest jobs you could probably have. And it was just basically tending your flock. And so David coming out of that, and it's funny because his siblings, he had, I think, seven siblings, uh, seven siblings, people were overlooking him. People didn't see him as, you know, he's going to be this great person that's going to take down a, a big Goliath that's uh, ultimately going to lead uh, Israel as a king. And so... It's kind of crazy that he wasn't, he was overlooked and he wasn't really like being, you know, favored by the people, but instead God sought him out, right? Because God looked at his heart. He didn't care about external appearances. He didn't care about the outward appearance, but instead he cared about the heart because he knew that David's heart was after God's heart, his own heart. And so that's what's so cool. And, and, and David starts off with, bless the Lord, oh my soul, you know. A lot of times the word bless, we can say, you know, to me that, or I will say in Hebrew and Greek, it means to praise, to adore, um, to, to follow. And, and, and it's so cool because David is, is urging us from within to seek God, to bless God, to praise God, to adore God. But see, not from just within, meaning your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, right? But what everything that you are, your whole entire being. And so David is, is urging, is saying, bless the Lord, oh my soul, meaning I am blessing the Lord. I am praising the Lord with all that I am. Every word that is coming out of my mouth is a reflection of God and it's a good thing of God because it is 
of righteousness of God, every feeling, every thought that is going through my mind should be a reflection of God. Because we know that our hearts and, and our minds, what comes from it is, is, can be very deceitful, right? Like, like, like yesterday as I was going to work, I, uh, I, have, I have this tendency to almost like gossip about people that I don't know. And, and it's so bad to me. And, and one of my coworkers, I won't say his name, I love him though, but I, like <laughs> I was going to work and, 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 and in my mind I was, I was dreading it because I, I'm, I'm like, man, this guy's so lazy. And then God checked me. He was like, why are you talking about this man like that? Why are you saying, calling this man out? Why are you, calling, why are you saying that he's lazy? Because he, he's still a, a son that I see. He's still a person that I love that Jesus died on the cross for. You know, and, and God re- literally smacked me right there in the face. Because you know why? Because I almost got in an accident. <laughs> literally driving uh, over near Highway 9. Highway 9 is, is dangerous, I'll tell you guys that. But I saw a raccoon start coming out in the middle of the street as I was thinking this. And I was like, okay, I got two options. I can either try to swerve it or, you know, just absolutely obliterate it. <laughs> and, you know, me being myself, I was like, all right, I'm going to swerve it. I'm going to swerve around them, right? But then, you know, in that, in that time, there was a car coming, too. So I was like, oh, I got to speed up, too. Oh, my gosh. So I'm speeding up past the, uh, past the raccoon. But anyways, so, you know, God checked me right there. I was like, man, why are you, you know, why are your thoughts going upon your brother? Why are you having so much anger towards your brother? And, and, and I was like, man, God really convicted me in that. And so David... Being the shepherd that he is, he goes out and he, and he, he says, you know, bless the Lord because what God has done in David's life. You know, God took a person from nowhere and, and, and completely transformed him and, and turned him into a king, right? Like, this, like a status of being so low to a shepherd and then now being a king of Israel. And that almost sounds really familiar to someone else that we know, right? That foreshadows someone's... Of coming, right? Like the true Messiah. Because even though David was a king, he still failed. He still failed, right? Like if you remember like Bathsheba, right? Like he, he, almost, he killed uh, her husband. But that foreshadows the true, one and true king, the one and only son that was going to come and redeem Israel, right? Redeem his people. But see, people thought that the one true Messiah was going to be from a military place, uh, uh, you know, some sort of order, right? Like I was reading about donkeys because I didn't know much about donkeys. And then it clicked because what Jesus rode <laughs> in the town on the donkey. And so a lot of times in the, in the, uh, in the Old Testament, if, if you're a, a king or, or you're a military leader, you would ride a horse, you know, like a stallion. You know, you, you want to you seem powerful. You want, you, want, you want to display your power, right? Like you're, dry, you're riding on this big horse coming in with cavalry behind you, right? And you have this king. But then you have Jesus that comes from a manger, right? Born in a place that no one looked, no one thought of, right? Comes, takes on flesh, takes on flesh, lives a perfect life, and, and as he's going out and, and ministering, he rides into, I forgot the name of the town I'm trying to think of, but he, he rides into this town, and it's from Matthew, I know that's from Matthew though, but he rides into his town on a donkey, and see the donkey symbolizes peace, 
And so if a king or if a, a leader back in that time rode in on a donkey, it symbolized peace. It meant that, hey, I'm not trying to wage war against you, but instead I want to bring peace to you. Right? I want to bring reconciliation into you. Right? And see, that's what Jesus did for us. See, Jesus brought reconciliation for us when he lived a perfect life and he looked at the cross and he said, I'm going to go to that cross and take all of humanity's sins with me so that way they can have a relationship with the Father. Reconciliation, right? Reconciliation. And so he, Jesus dies and resurrects and, and he comes back and what does he tell him? Well, he says, hey, go out and make disciples. But anyways, going back to David. So David is saying, Praise the Lord with your soul, right? Like, speak well of the Lord. Do not forget the past faithfulness he has shown, right? Because God was so faithful to David. Even though David messed up, God still used him. See, God can use you. God can use you wherever you are. Whether it's your workspace, whether it's at the gym, whether it's at school, whether it's in the hospital. I think we have a few nurses in here. But you guys are great, by the way. I love nurses. But um, anyway, <laughs> not saying that's better than anything else, I promise. But, um, but any, God can use you anywhere, whether it be at a, a, a restaurant, right? Like, God can use you anywhere. That's so cool. And so God decides to use David. And so that's why we can praise God. Because, see, you can't, you can't begin to do all these things without praising God for all that he's done. And what, what has God done? Well, he's given us a relationship to him through his son, Jesus Christ. And so that, and, and when we begin that relationship with, with Jesus, forgiveness comes in that, right? Like forgiveness for what we've done, right? Disobedience to God. See, sin is a fancy word for disobedience, right? But Jesus took on that and, and said, I want you and I desire you and I love you. And that's why we can praise God, because we find forgiveness in Jesus. We find healing in Jesus, right? See, God mentions steadfast love. Well, I'll tell you what right now. God had steadfast love ever since the very beginning. <laughs> see, there, see, steadfast love, the Hebrew word for it is kesed. Um, and so that's what's so cool. Well, the thing is, steadfast love is almost, have, is almost being calm and having such patience and enduring love for someone that despite the, uh, uh, what they're doing and, and the troubles that they're causing, that you're still going to love them through that. And God said, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. Verse 7, sorry. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Ain't that crazy? That's not, is that crazy? Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Is that not crazy? <laughs> God's steadfast love for Israel was even bef before Moses, but I'm saying, but God is reminding, or David is reminding us that God's love was even during Moses' time, even before that, ever since the beginning. See, God already knew what was going to happen when Adam and Eve were in the garden and, and they were going to disobey God because they thought they were going to be better than God. Isn't that crazy? Steadfast love. I love that. And, and the crazy thing is, is God wants to bring, restore us by bringing a moral balance into our moral and spiritual life. Right? Like I used to do, um, or I was doing, uh, pre-nursing. It's awful. It's so bad. It's so bad. Oh, my gosh. But anyways, I was doing pre-nursing. I learned this fancy term homeostasis. Love this word. 
But <laughs> scientifically, the word homeostasis means uh, um, when your body is actually uh, being um, imbalanced. So meaning like your chemicals or your hormones, uh, so to say, is in balance. And so what homeostasis does, what your body begins to do is that it tries to get back to that state of balance where it's almost everything is perfect, everything's even. How cool is that? Like, I didn't know our bodies did that until I learned about that. And I was like, that's a cool word. I definitely want to use that in the future uh, and, and tell someone so I can sound smart, even though I'm not that smart. But anyways, so homeostasis, or I love that word. But, but the reality is this. God wants to restore us, does he not? Like, he wants to bring a moral balance into our moral life and, and our spiritual life. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, I mean every good thought, like bless the Lord, oh my soul, every good thought, every feeling, every action that is going through your mind and your heart should be coming from God. Right? Because when we begin to listen to our flesh, things turn pretty wary, pretty bad. Start taking a, a, a different route than the route that God wants for you, right? Like if you're struggling with anger, that can change to forgiveness. If you're struggling with lies, like people telling you that you're not good enough and that, that uh, um, you, you, you know, you can't finish this or, or that you just, you just don't possess any high, high capacity, like tear down those lies because God wants to do that for you. God wants to turn lies to truth. God wants to turn anger to forgiveness right? Like, God wants to turn death to life, right? And, and the crazy thing is, is, is God is the same God in the Old Testament as he is in the New Testament, right? Like, he's, he wanted to change David. He took David as a shepherd and changed him into a king, but he said, but God said, I want all the glory, and see, David being humble, and, and, and even though he still messed up, he still sinned, he said, all glory goes to you, God. You're right. And I, and I love that. Because it shows his enduring and patient love despite the numerous rebellions that happen throughout mankind. Like, even today, I still struggle with it. I wake up every morning, I'm like, all right, I got to deny myself, pick up my cross, and follow him. That's one of the hardest things to do because I'm basically, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm basically saying that everything that I am, everything that my heart wants and mind wants, throw that out the window and replace it with Jesus. Replace it with the character of Jesus, meaning that I'm replacing it with compassion, kindness, humility, humbleness. Now, I'm not saying that I'm trying to live a perfect life. By no means, I'm not a Pharisee. I'm not trying to fulfill the law. But see, I can begin to do those things because I've experienced Jesus. So you can't experience Jesus and not want to change. And so even verse 10 says, God, he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our inequities. See, God no longer looks at each and every single one of us as disobedience, but instead he sees us as a son and daughter because of his son, Jesus Christ. Right? Like, he pities us in our weakness. It's so hard for us to surrender our weakness and, and to say, okay, God, I, I'm going to lay down my pride. I'm going to lay down my ego, and, and I want to surrender it to you and give it all to you so that you can begin to change my mind and my heart according 
to your righteousness, your characteristics, right? Because everything that comes from him is good, but everything that comes from man is not good. It's not good. It's not good. And, and what's so cool is that, see, God doesn't demand more of his children, but instead takes care of them, almost like coddles them, right? Like you guys held a baby before, right? Like, I'm not that great at holding babies. So I'm going to be like Justin knows. <laughs> but I'm not that great at holding babies, and, and let alone I can even uh, yet learn how to change a diaper. But, <laughs> but, you know, as a father shows compassion to his children, uh, verse 13 is the same way that God sees us. He shows compassion towards us. He, he literally wants us to walk with him. See, if you say you're going to pray for somebody, walk with them too. If you say you're going to share the gospel with someone, disciple them too. Walk with them in that too. But see, that starts with praising God for all that he's done. And well, what has he done? He sent his son Jesus for us so that way we could have a relationship with him. Right? He wants restoration within you. And he wants to comfort you. He wants to, he wants to bring you closer to him. Right? Like, it's crazy when you think about it because in this, we live in such a world that rotates on uh, disobedience so much that when we begin to uh, follow God, praise God, that it's so against the world. And so you're like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? Like, it's almost like, it, 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 it's almost like being a follower doesn't get easier, but instead it actually gets harder. It gets harder. It really does. Because now you're, you're almost conforming who you are into the likeness of Jesus. And that's one of the hardest things to do because I still struggle with that. There's things, there's areas in my life that I'm always going to struggle with. Like, I'm very prideful. I'm very prideful. Like, God, like, I'm, oh my gosh, this, just this past week, I was very prideful. Like, somebody, somebody said, man, you have a gift of evangelism. Like, oh, yeah, I know, I'm, I know that. I know that. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I can go and talk to any single person out here. Point, you know what, point to someone, and I will go talk to them and share the gospel with them. But you see, that's my pride getting in the way, right? Because I, 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 that, that's not my gift. God, see, that, that gift didn't come from me. God bestowed that gift upon me so that way I can go out and I can share the gospel with lost and broken people so that way those lost and broken people can come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. No glory to me, but all glory to God himself, right? Like this gift came from God. But then I have to battle against that pride and say, man, I, I, this, 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 is, this is all you, God. None of this is me because I know that anything that comes from my flesh is not good right? It's meant, like, God turns bad into, or sorry, God turns evil into good. Sorry, I was trying to think of that song, but that was going through my mind. <laughs> but that's the thing, is sin does not drive a permanent wedge between us and God. See, Jesus tore that veil, tore that barrier down, tore that wall down, right? See, because back during this time in the Old Testament, how did people come to know God? Well, they just had to have faith, I'll tell you what, if, I, if that was me and I was like, look, somebody told me that I had to have faith in God and that's all, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm doomed. I'm, I'm done for, for real. But 
the crazy thing is sin does not drive that wedge because God in his foreknowledge already knew what was going to happen, right? Like he knew that Jesus was going to be able, or he was going to fulfill that. Jesus was going to fulfill that, and he was going to bring us back together with him. He was going to bring the lost and broken to him, right? Like he was going to give us that relationship, or he is going to give us that relationship. And so verse 14, it says, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust, the cool thing about this is that we were created in God's image, right? Like, we were made from dust. But here's the thing about dust. Dust is not permanent. And God, and God knew that from his observation, right? Like, he knew that we were already imperfect because of sin, because of our disobedience. And so, because of his observation, and he wanted to go through that through experience, he submitted to know by taking on the form of flesh, which is weak and fragile. See, it's so hard for us to acknowledge that we need God. It's so hard for us to say that we're going to lay down everything that we are, all our thoughts, all our actions, all our words, all our feelings, and surrender it over to God and allow God to come in and transform us. That's so hard to do. That's so And so verse 17, but the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children, to to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works. In all places, oh, sorry, I just lost myself. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. See, I love those uh, last two verses, or, yeah, last two lines, uh, blessed verse 20 through verse 22, because it's almost like David in the beginning was like, hey, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And now he's saying, bless the Lord, O you, his angels, right? Like, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. See, in the beginning, David was like, hey, we're gonna, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to bless the Lord for all that he's done. Just myself, right? But now he's urging all believers. He's giving out this almost universal call for all believers to praise the Lord and abide in him. See, here's the reality, though. God cares more about our faithfulness than our provisions. What I mean by that, well, God cares more about you putting your trust in him and knowing that he's going to do what he's going to do more than what you can do for him. Because, see, that's that's the reality is we can't earn a relationship with God. We can't. We can't. It was given to us. It was given to us freely, bought by blood through Jesus Christ on the cross. Right? Like, we can't earn our relationship. But, and here's the truth, is that we can come to God with joy, praise, and gladness in that. Because we don't have to work to earn it. We can turn to God with joy in that, with praise in that. Praise the Lord for all that he's done. We can bless the Lord for that. Right? Like, if, any, if nothing else in your life is going right, the one thing that you can always do is praise God. For what he's done, right? Like if your car's not working, 
that's a bummer. But if your car's not working, man, you can still praise God for what he's done, right? Like if your job, if you just got fired from a job, you just got let go of a job from a job, man, you can still praise God for all that he's done. If you're struggling with money, if you're, if you're putting your faith in money or if you're putting uh, uh, your time into um, drugs or, or pornography or, or all these things, man, God wants to take that. God wants to take that from you. Because, like I said, all these things that are in the world are not good. See, like I used to, I started drinking when I was like 16, Super young age. That's probably why I lost a lot of my knowledge, because my brain cells were getting eaten up at, you know, 16 years old uh, in high school. No, I'm just kidding. But anyways, uh, no, that is the truth, though. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> see, I, I started turning to drinking, though. That's the truth. But the reality is, God began to take that away from me because he said, Bobby, you no longer need that, but you need my son, Jesus Christ, because I want to take that from you. I want to take that from you. I want to walk with you in that. Right? And since we have began to change eternally, just as David has began to uh, change eternally, and what I mean by that is, is having a repentant heart, a heart that, that wants to follow God, that, that seeks God, right? Like Matthew 6.33 says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Well, his kingdom is Jesus. So if you're putting Jesus first as your top priority, then your life, your life is going to begin to uh, change internally because your heart is going to begin to change, right? And since you have been, we have been changed eternally, we want to share this change outwardly. But see, we can't do that when we're not praising God first, when we're not praising God for all that he's done. Am I right? No, I don't know. But anyways, uh, and, and all that comes that change internally begins to flow externally, and we call that, there's a fancy word that we tend to use a lot, and that's called overflow. Well, see, that overflow comes from the love that Jesus displayed for us on the cross, right? Like, we can, we can love someone because he first loved us, right? Like, we can, we can share a meal with someone because he decided to share a meal with his people, right? Like, Having a conversation someone with someone that you don't know can go a long way. I'll tell you that right now. And that comes from th- within your heart and your mind because you want them to know about Jesus. But we can't get to that level. We can't get to that until you praise the Lord for all that he's done. And so when you begin to praise the Lord for all that he's done, all that's going to come from an overflow. Right? Like, we can't love others without loving God, right? Like, we can't make disciples without loving God, right? Like, that's why it's the first commandment that Jesus ever, that God ever gave us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, soul, bless the Lord on my soul, your mind, right? Like, love the Lord with all that you are, and then... And then you should begin to seek change internally, right? And so verse 22, like I, or verse 20 through 22 is giving that universal call, but the reality is we cannot live for Jesus if we are not being with Jesus first. And well, what does that look like? That looks like being in the word. That looks like spending time with him, 
So you can't hear from God if you're not spending time with him. See, there's a thing that we teach called uh, silence and solitude. And that is one of the hardest things. I'll tell you right now, that is one of the hardest things to try to do. Because you're like fighting all your flesh. And you're like, okay, I want to spend time with God in silence and just praise him for all that he's done. But man... The thought of going to Wingstop pops up, and I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, God, like, what is going on? I, I can't, I, I, no, there's no way, right? Like, and then I'm like, and my mind just starts going somewhere else. But then God's like, hey, I want to bring you back. I want to bring you back, right? Just like a father shows compassion to his children. He's like, hey, you know what? I know that your, your mind is going to go in all different directions, but I'm going to bring you right back because I love you, and I want you, and I desire you. Right, but silence and solitude, that's, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Prayer, process, and praise. See, that's still spending time with the Lord because you're praising God, right? You're processing the emotions that you're feeling, right? Like you're actually fa- feeling the emotions that you felt that day or that week or, or that, that one incident, situation, or whatever is happening. And then you're praising Him for it regardless what happens. Right? Praise the God for all praise God for all that He's done. Right? And then we have discipleship. Because we don't want you to do this alone. Because God never intended for us to do life alone. So now we love to do life together. And so we have these weekly meetings with people individually in a one-on-one setting where we meet at 6 a.m. at a coffee shop and we talk about God. And I get very tired. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I get very tired. <laughs> But then I'm reminded of those cookies that spill the beans that are for a dollar, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, I know I'm talking a lot about food because if you guys don't know, I love food. But anyways, biblical meditation, that's part of spending time with God. That's part of praising God for all that he's done. Or, you know, whatever it is that you guys do, I don't know, but uh, whether it's going to the park and just sitting there and just observing, taking in all that God created. People, mountains, water, animals, squirrels, the raccoon. <laughs> Man, that raccoon was going to, oh, I'm telling you, he was going to get destroyed. But anyways, <sighs> small groups, right? Like community, having community is important because we don't want you to do life alone. And so, hey, if you're here today and, and you're interested in a small group or a discipleship, come see one of us. We, we'd be more than happy. We're, we would be so glad if you would just come and just tell us because we would be like, hey, you know what? We know exactly who you're going to go with or so-and-so, and we're going to get you connected into this body. All right. All right, Justin, you can go ahead and come up, man. But, right, but it starts with praising God for all that he's done. Right? And if you want to know about how to praise God, we can walk with you in that too. Trust me, I didn't know about praising God. All I knew about was this uh, big Buddha. I was going to say a different word. (laughs) Big Buddha holding a cigarette, sitting there, and and I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that it was related to uh, ancestry. I just knew that it was related to having incense every morning and doing it every morning and every night. See, I didn't even know how to praise God for all that he's done because I didn't even know what he did. Well, then somebody decided to walk with me, and his name is Ricky Wilson. He's not here right now, but he began to walk with me. And it's not because of Ricky Wilson, but it's because of God. See, God sought me out through Ricky, right? And then God began to show me, hey, you praise me because of what I've done for you, and that's by sending, your son, by sending my son, Jesus Christ, my one and only son, 
the one true king, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the King of Kings. See, David was a king, but he was like a king like this. But then you have Jesus as the one true king. Right? Like Jesus is king of kings, all kings. Right? Looking at each and every single one of us, looking at each and every single one of us and saying, I love you. I want you. I desire you. And I want a relationship with you. And he goes to that cross. And he still has he still has every single generation on his mind as he's on that cross, dying, literally, suffering, being tortured. Like, you gotta think, the crown of thorns was wrapped around his head. They didn't just put put it on like a like a you know like a crown. No, they literally like forced it upon him and almost like wiggled it around to where it was scratching the insides of your skin. Imagine that. But then Jesus said, I still am looking at you and I'm still thinking of you. Ain't that crazy? Getting nails pierced through his hands. Guys, I, I don't even know how to describe this, but the fact that Jesus had to almost, because he was in such a weird posture where he was like this, he, he had to push up to breathe, just to breathe, just to get air in your body so that your body can fluctuate properly. That's crazy. Every breath that he took, every breath that he took was suffering, was, it hurt. But you know what? What, 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 what was it? He still had us on his mind. He still had every single person on his mind because he knew what he had to do. Isn't that crazy? And then he dies and he, he, he dies and he's resurrected by God. And before he goes out, he gives out, he gives the great commission, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go therefore and make disciples, baptizing in the name of the uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them as I have taught you. And I will be with you to the ends of the earth. See, it's as you go. It's not completely saying, it's not saying that, hey, okay, all right, I'm giving up everything in my life, and now I'm following God. Well, ideally, that would be a great thing. Don't get me wrong, but it's as you go. But see, we can't do any of that until we praise God for all that he's done. And that's praising God for Jesus, for giving us eternal life, for giving us truth through the lies, for giving us grace and mercy through the lost and brokenness, for giving hope to us despite the, the, the circumstances that we're in, right? Like, despite what's happening in your life right now, you can still praise God for all that he's done. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you were encouraged by the message. At ID Clifton, we exist to love God, love others, and make disciples. To learn more about ID Clifton, including our gathering times, small groups, and events, please visit us at idclifton.com. We'll see you next time.